Tell me about your new book. So the new book is Single Mothers Speak on Patriarchy. And we're actually, when you said new book, that's why I thought it was permanent because I'm working on a bunch of different things. We're doing a follow-up book as well, which I think I told you about, um, on financial abuse. And I think that's going to be called Abuse After the Abuse, How Men Use Money to Abuse or, no, to Destroy Women. Yeah. So, yeah, the Single Mothers book is an anthology, and there's more than 45 women from around the world who are contributors. There's essays, poetry, art, critique, all sorts of different expressions, and just all about being a single mom. I think that the, we have one woman who was a single mom like 30 years ago. Most of them are a, a bit more contemporary single moms, but it was nice to have that um, perspective in there as well. And, yeah, I mean, we have women from all over U.S., Australia, uh, Chile, Mexico, I'm trying to think <laughs> I need my list. But yeah, we have a wide variety of different women, and it's, uh, I think you've read through it. It's a really interesting anthology, actually. Yeah, cool. So what, I mean, as far as I can tell, this is the only book of its kind out there. Uh, well, it will be out there soon. I haven't found anything else that is even remotely similar. So what made you, what inspired you to sort of start this project? And how has the journey been for you? Well, I think that right there is, is kind of what caused me to do it. I um, am a, a member of a group on Facebook that's mostly single mothers. And I've been a single mother actually twice. I, I kind of have a weird story myself. But I, I think just being a single mom is so kind of isolating and you feel kind of like you're the only person going through this. And what I found is that there's so many similarities and just systematic ways that single moms are what I would consider abused by our societies for, you know, basically not following the rules. I think there's this kind of stigma that goes with being a single mom. Like you didn't try hard enough to keep your man or you, uh, you did something wrong somehow. So you deserve to be punished, I guess. Um, for lack of a better word. So I think from what I can tell, it's kind of a universal, almost always bad experience. I mean, we had some really inspiring stories in the anthology as well, where, and, and I wasn't even aware of these, but you know, like the, there's one on the Shatke House, which is uh, an organization in, in uh, San Diego where women kind of live in community, and those, those women tended to have a very positive experience. But a lot of times, I think women are just on their own. They're often not receiving child support, or I think you call it child maintenance there. And so it's difficult. It's very hard in most Western countries where you are kind of don't have family around and whatnot to raise a child by yourself without having support and also not having financial support. So I always joke that I can stretch $10 out further than anyone can ever imagine because I've had so many weeks where it's, you know, we have a week and I have to feed my kids for a week on barely nothing and, you know, just scrapping things together and figuring it out. So yeah, I think, I think moms are really good at that. I don't think most men would would cope very well under the same circumstances. And and statistically, they don't. I mean, most single-parent families are headed by women and not men. Right, yeah. Okay, cool. So the book is called Single Mothers Speak on Patriarchy, mm -hmm. and it's going to be released in December? Yeah, so it will be released the first week of December. We'll also have a Kindle version. There is also a free PDF version available for any woman who was or um is a single mom because um, I wanted to make it accessible to everybody and and also to be empowering for those women. Um, I mean, I, just like I was saying a minute ago, like I've had so many times in my life where I was either negative or close to negative. So um, I, it was important to me to make that freely available to women who needed it. Cool, that's excellent. 
All right, and then your follow-up book is going to be, you're going to be working on it for a little while. Um, do you have any idea when that's going to be released or what it's going to be called? Yeah, I'm co-writing that book with Angela Lee, and I think we're going to call it The Abuse After the Abuse, um, how men use money to destroy women and their children. And how they use that money in the court system and stuff like yeah. that. So it will be specific to financial abuse, which, you know, if you read through this single mother um, anthology, you'll see that there is a lot of that almost in every case where men are really using finances to um, make it more difficult for, so you, for women. You would say that it's a defining feature almost across the board of single motherhood. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, interesting because I talked to so many women before and after and during and they think oh my husband would never do this he's a good man he would take care of his kids but almost universally you know in the last, last 20 years where I've maintained a lot of friendships with women for you know long periods of time it's hard for me to think of any man who actually has taken care of his children when it comes down to it and it's dollar signs um, they usually want to get off as cheaply as they can right. and you know, it's like this idea that women shouldn't have the money, but the fact is, is that women do most of the caretaking, and that they have a, a pay gap in pretty much every, well, actually, every country in the world. So they're disadvantaged already there, but then when they are also single parents, and they, you know, have limited hours that they can work because of these responsibilities, and they would have greater financial responsibilities if they're caring for their kids alone, it's pretty easy to be in a bad spot quickly as a single parent, as a single mother, I should say, not a single parent. So I felt like we needed to have a book following up on that because I haven't seen a lot on financial abuse. It's in, I think, 98% of all domestic violence cases also have financial abuse. But it's very hard to find even that many articles on financial abuse. Yeah. I haven't seen any books that are specific to financial abuse. Yeah. They might be out there, but I've looked and I haven't seen any. Yeah, I think there's some deliberate silencing, you know. I mean, most media companies are, are owned and run by men as well. So I feel like, you know, going back to the power structures in our society, it seems to me anyways that... You know, once we start looking in those corners, in those directions, it makes more sense why we never hear about it. It really pisses me off. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is I think so many women feel like they're alone in this. And then also they feel stigmatized. Like, you know, in my case, um, the second time I was a single mom, we'd been fairly affluent. And I never thought, you know, when I had gone through being a single mom the first time, I kind of knew what I was getting into um, up front. And then I had, in my case, my uh, former partner has addiction issues and relapse and but when he was sober we actually had a fairly affluent lifestyle and I really didn't think I would ever be in that spot again and it actually ended up being 10 times worse because we already you know you can't just get rid of your bills instantly you still have your house payment and all these things they don't just go away just because someone decides that they want to stop paying them yeah and if you know if you're alone with two children and you <laughs> yeah. you still have all the bills to pay and you have children to take care of that also become very needy because of maybe stress at home, which is certainly how it was for me, they need more care during that time. And and then you're already very stressed, and then you're further stressed by your financial situation. And that's really not a humane position to put mothers in, I don't think. I yeah. think um, we should have more support, both you know community support, but also financial support. Um, and I know they do that. I'm living in Norway now. They have a much better system 
in the Scandinavian countries than they do elsewhere. I think the U.S. is particularly bad for yeah, that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, cool. As you know, I have been doing some writing off and on for a website called magnadea.org. And um, this website is is unique in the sense that it is written for and written by single mothers. And it's it says, you know, its subtext is it's a celebration of feminist sort of single motherhood or whatever. So single motherhood is a feminist issue and it's something that's really yeah. interesting. So in your opinion, do you feel like do you feel like the feminist community understands why this issue is important for feminism? I really don't think that there's a wide enough understanding or sisterhood around this. Um, I think it's hard to really understand it unless you've been through it personally, to be honest. Like, I mean, I, I think it's hard for anyone to even really grasp how hard it is because I think a lot of people still also feel like we've progressed so far and it's much better. Like, one of the really interesting conversations that I had around this anthology was with one of the contributors contributors named um, I Left Nation and she's the one I was uh, talking about earlier who had been a single mom like 30 years ago and she had this idea like it was so much easier now and that you you actually received your child support and when I told her you know like in my case I'm owed uh, almost $48,000 in back child support she was really mad you know like gosh we fought so hard for this in the 70s to have this change and it doesn't sound like it's any better now so I think that for one um, and it's just not often written about or talked about, um, at least that I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of mainstream feminist articles about, you know, child support enforcement or just being a single mom. Um, I think we're really focused on the pay gap, which is obviously important. But, you know, that is even more important for single mothers because statistically speaking, single mothers across all racial categories are paid the lowest. And, and there's also a stigma being not only a mother, but a single mother that which is, you know, true that you will most likely miss more work as a single mom because you don't have anyone to help you. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of like you get all these double whammies from all directions. And, you know, like my best friend from childhood, um, she never had children and has been an auntie to my children and really great for all of us. And so she knows, like, just living vicariously through me and, like, you know, how stressed I am and, you know, she's been so great taking my kids for a night or um, just coming over with a bottle of wine, you know, into the week when she knows I'm just totally spent and just being there. And I think that we're not listening to each other enough in a way. Like, I think a lot of times people, if they don't have kids, they think, oh, you know, I don't want to have kids and I made that choice. And that's that's totally fine. And I respect that. Um, but I think that there's always ways that we can help each other. Um and there's different times in our lives when we need more help or less help. And being a single mom is one of those times where you really need the sisterhood. Um, yeah. You need people around you. And um, that makes all the difference. Because, I mean, there were so many times where I could have totally sunk. Yeah. If I didn't have my mom, my best friend, or, you know, different people that just really helped me out. Um, because you can't raise your kids just being one person. It, it really does take a village. It takes a lot of people that care about the well-being of the child and um it's too hard it's it's a it's a big job for one person yeah and it should be you know it shouldn't just be one person who has to be everything to this child that's draining it's not fair to the child and it's not fair to the mother yeah yeah cool 
do you find that other people, particularly other women, right, who mm-hmm. who do have partners to help them, mm-hmm. do you feel that they are privileged in ways that single mothers aren't? And do you feel that they... I don't know. I mean, I guess this goes back to the question you just answered, and you kind of answered it already, but do you feel like they... Um, you know, do enough to include people like us, you know, who have been failed by not only men in our lives, but the system as well. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I've been both, I've been married and partnered and unpartnered and in all different variations of that. Um, I think that initially there is some distrust of like single women, like, like that we're going to sleep with their husbands or something. I don't know. I, I, to me, that's bizarre, but I mean, it's definitely a privileged position to have a partner. I mean, I can say that now. I have a partner who's wonderful. In Norway, men, I think, do a lot more than almost any country in the world. Um, and they don't, I mean, without question, I don't have to nag my partner now to do anything. He just does it. That's what he used to. But, I mean, I hear women joke like their husband's gone for a week and they say that they're a single mom. And it's like, well, no. Because yeah. it's kind of ongoing fatigue that you get like through the years of like never having a night to yourself and never having a day off and being really sick and bone tired and still having to get up and get your kids to school and you know you can't actually stop (laughs) even if you're like practically dead it's very difficult and you don't have any time you don't have any time to recover and you don't have time really to heal which you also need because I think anytime you're going through a breakup of a major relationship or a divorce you have to spend time on healing and that's good for your children also because if you're walking around really wounded of course it's going to affect the child too and they and the child will have their their wounds as well so I think we should do everything possible to support single moms and make sure that they have the things that they need and one piece would be enforcing child support which we really don't do anywhere that I can find um, consistently or, or for the majority of mothers and, you know, of course, money isn't everything, but when you're already stressed, hurting, healing, you know, sick, doing all these things, and then you have financial strain on top of it, it's very difficult. So, and I think just including children and, you know, I mean, like, it's different in Norway. We don't have the close neighborhood that we did in Portland, but our yeah. old neighborhood was so great uh, in Portland. Uh, before we moved here, we lived in um, what's called the St. John's neighborhood, which is kind of like an offset of Portland. And... Everybody was so helpful. The neighbors, you know, would always include another kid, you know. So the moms always had, like, a little bit of time to themselves, you know. Like, and, and before we left, I was homeschooling. So the mom across the street was also homeschooling, and my daughter was her daughter's best friend. So whenever, and she was partnered, but whenever she had, like, a cool thing that she was taking the kids to do or a project, she would include my daughter and vice versa. So I think there's so many things that you can do with single moms or anybody. I mean, any mom is tired right now. I mean, honestly, like, it's... I think more work now to be a mom than it ever has been because the expectations are so high. And um, so, I mean, that's kind of my strategy with anybody is like, you know, if I can include an extra kid and give a mom an afternoon off, why not? You know, and hopefully they'll repay the flavor too. Because in a lot of ways too, it's easier with multiple kids. They entertain each other, you know, like, I used to love to have uh, the little girl across the street because she could come over and play, and those two would entertain themselves for hours and hours without, they didn't need anything from me. They were just so happy to be together, and they had their own little fantasy world and do all these projects, and and they were fine, you know, and and whereas if it was just my daughter on her own, then she's, you know, interrupting every 15 minutes saying, oh, I need this, or can we do this, and so I think, I think 
just community really is the answer yeah. to everything and just inclusion. And not, I don't know, I don't know why there's this distrust. Like, I've never been interested in somebody else's partner, and I, I can't imagine that anyone else... Plus, besides, when you're a single mom, you're too tired to even think about. You know, honestly, I think it's because of the stigma. I think it's because yeah. the stigma paints single mothers as sluts. You yeah, know? Well, even, like you're 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 you ended up with a child. You ended up with a kid because you know yeah. you can't keep your legs shut or something. You know, yeah. and you're just going around fucking everybody. I feel like that's that's really what it boils down to. They and, actually, I don't know if you've seen this, but they there's a newer movie out. I think it came out like six months ago called Bad Moms, which is entertaining. I mean, it definitely isn't a feminist movie, but it's funny. I mean, I love comedies. That's kind of how I de-stress myself, but. The single mom in that movie, they just make her like out to sleep with everybody's husband, and yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. There's just there's a lot of like over the top stereotypes in that in that movie, but yeah, I, I definitely think that there is some stigma about yeah about that. Where is the real? I mean, I was just laughing, thinking, oh yeah, because she she says she like goes out every night or something. I was thinking, yeah, right. I can't think of how many nights I actually went out as a single mom. Like yeah, very very. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's yeah, it's exactly it's stuff like that, and then it's perpetuated and reinforced by the entertainment industry. So everybody has this idea in their minds that, you know, if you're a single mom, you're just a big, like, you know, slut. Yeah, it really, it really pisses me off. Um, okay, so uh, raising kids as a single mother as a feminist single mom and you have your own like spirituality because you've done mm -hmm. the girl god book series and all of that kind of thing so i'm assuming like your own spirituality is kind of like a coping mechanism for you i'm assuming if it's not correct me but you know when you're raising children as a single mother mm. how do you navigate like raising them what 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 is the story that you raise them with because i feel like it's really important to raise children with a story that empowers them right to not feel like they were dumped on you know by their biological father like to not you know not raise them by telling them you know all the dirty gritty details and not you know you know what i'm trying to say i feel like what what do you do to um, to empower them to to not drag yeah. them into the kind of darkness that that is part of this experience? Well, and that for me, that's actually why I started doing the first three books that I did were for children, and now I'm finishing up the sixth one, which I didn't actually write. Arna Bartz wrote it. It's about uh, the wisdom of animals, but the first three books I wrote were about the Divine Feminine. For, the first one was for my daughter, the second was kind of for both, and then the last one, or the third one, uh, Tell Me Why, was for my son. Because I was raised really fundamentalist Christian, and I think I had a lot of that guilt narrative growing up, I wanted both my kids to be very strong and very um, certain that there was nothing wrong with them. Because I think I always had this bad feeling into my probably mid-30s, something's really wrong with me, you know, um, and, and I, when I was a kid, I used to always pray and, like, beg God to forgive me, because that was, that was kind of the churches that we were raised in, yeah. so um, the reason that I started with the girl God is that um, 
I had kind of tried to raise my kids as in like interfaith, Christian, Muslim, just different traditions, exposing them to different things with the idea that they could choose for themselves. But then what I realized is they were all pretty much equally patriarchal. And my daughter couldn't relate at all to God whatsoever because God was a boy and, you know, obviously she's a girl. So I just, it made me completely rethink, you know, like I think feminism through the lens of your daughter is completely different than feminism for yourself. Because I think I became a lot more radical after I had my daughter um, and just realizing like, wow, you know, things really need to change a lot for her, um, for her to have a completely different life than I did because I really want both my kids to have a completely different life. I mean, I think I think without this template of inferiority, I wouldn't have ended up with the partner that I did because I did on some level feel like something was wrong with me. Whereas yeah. I want my daughter to really feel like she's awesome. She's amazing. She deserves the best and, you know, not to put up with any crap and which she does it already, which is so funny because in a way, sometimes I wonder, okay, did I go too far with her? Because it's difficult sometimes to navigate, you know, schools and whatnot. When you have this very ferocious daughter who, you know, in Norway, I thought would be a bit more secular, but the schools here also, you know, talking about Jesus. And my daughter is like, I don't believe in Jesus. I believe in the goddess. Yeah, <laughs> right on. <laughs> and, and, and then they had to give this Easter speech and she gave this speech about how Easter is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I mean, she didn't use those words, obviously, but but it's actually about the goddess. And she goes into this whole and people are just looking at her That's like, awesome. Alien. So uh, <laughs> That's awesome. and it's funny because she's so used to me and our kind of our set that we were around in Portland with homeschooling and everything that she to her that's completely normal and everyone else is bonkers whereas I think everyone here is thinking these people are completely nuts but I'm you know I'm glad she has a different mindset because to me that was really not good and I think hard on my sense of self and in my value so and and for the I think it's equally important for the boys for them to really value women and their mothers and their sisters and future partners should they be um, straight because my son also has a really good just a sense of the world and fairness and justice and I'm really proud of that in him that I, I, I know that he would stick up for like the underdog or for girls and not just stand idly by and we have very uh, honest our dinner conversations <laughs> should be a reality TV show because they're always hysterical and nothing is off the table like we just talk about anything and when we, were, when we were in Portland we would have all these young boys also my son's friends and we would talk about porn and you know and I always feel like okay if kids ask a question they're ready to hear an honest answer so we would you know I think that there's not enough discussion especially with boys we need to start talking to them very young because they're targeted for this and it completely disrupts the way that they view and treat women and girls yeah. so I'm I'm probably like the craziest mother in the world I don't know I, I I don't think most people have the conversations with their children that I do with mine but I think that my kids will always probably be closer to me for that because they know they can ask me anything yeah. and I'll give them the answer and not beat around the bush or try to yeah tell them something that you know I think it's really important to be honest with kids yeah cool well um Okay, I have one last question. Are your kids, are your children aware of the situation or are, have you have you managed to kind of not uh, bring them into that oh. yet? I know what you're getting at. No, in our case, there was no way for them not to be aware of it because um, their dad has pretty bad addiction problems. Okay. And we got into a situation actually before we came here about two years ago where I basically said I'm not going to hand the kids over because I have safety concerns 
And so we went to court over that, and it was really hard because, of course, the courts, in my opinion, are still very patriarchal. So even though he had a long documented history of DUIs and cocaine felonies, all these different things that were documented, it took about six months before I was granted full custody. So they actually don't, they haven't seen their father for almost two years. Yeah. Because at that point, he had been ordered to take a drug and alcohol test and he did not. So our case was, is probably really extreme. I think in other cases, maybe it would be more possible for kids not to really know what was going on. But we had a very long court case. The kids also had to go to court and, you know, it was, it was hard. And, it, and at one point I had to disobey the court order because I wasn't going to let him drive with the, my children in the car. Yeah. And so I went through about three months where my attorney was telling me, you know, they could take your kids away from you. And that was terrifying. Yeah. But then putting them in a car where you know they're not safe is, I don't, I mean, how do you choose? So ultimately it, it went my way and I was lucky because a lot of women still lose their children through family courts and they're not at all uh, friendly to women. And I think if I hadn't had an attorney who would work with me on, you know, paying a very small amount every month, I, I might not have my kids now. I mean, that's the, the reality of family court. It, it's not really geared towards the protection of children and it certainly isn't geared towards mothers at yeah. all. It's, it needs to be completely, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, it, whole new system i mean it doesn't seem like it's any better in the uk or australia no um, i think it's everywhere i think it's just everywhere because men dominate leadership positions and courts and everything i think it is a bit better maybe in scandinavian countries because my husband went to court with me a couple times and he was pretty shocked actually <laughs> and he was just like i can't believe this you know but but i you know i don't know i don't have a personal experience here all i can say is kind of what his take was on it but pretty much anywhere else I've talked to I've talked to women in Kenya South Africa different parts of the Middle East Asia and it's it's pretty much bad everywhere yeah yeah okay well you know I guess I would like to end this on a positive note somehow what do you think is the best way forward for single mothers and maybe this is a question actually to go beyond just single mothers because we do need that community of support from our sisters that we haven't been getting so what's mm -hmm. the best way forward for feminism in in terms of how it how we how we all as sisters move forward with this issue well i would like to see really massive change and i think the first part of that is education making people aware of the issue which i hope that this book does some of that um but also then you know we have to really come together in mass in demand change uh, and i think there's there's a lot right now i think people are kind of waking up and finally ready like i mean i i think we've been on to um online activism too much and relied on that too much in the last years i think we really need to get out on the streets and and uh demand change and you know the issue of child and Child and, uh, support enforcement really needs to be addressed. It really, there is no reason in the world why we should be so far behind on child support. That is not at all good for children. Yeah. Uh, and and then you know just simple things. I mean, I ended the book with a call to action, and I, the first part of that was just things that you can do to help single mothers in your own life before we have like this systematic change. And I just kind of gave some examples of what was helpful to me and different people that really helped out. And then, and then secondly, yeah, like what I was mentioning about um, demanding change. And, you know, I think this is really a human rights violation. Um, yeah. That 
single mothers are treated and the lack of, of uh, financial resources. Because, you know, if it were the mother that wasn't feeding her children, she would be jailed, stigmatized, yeah. called a single mother, yeah. everything else. Um, whereas men can get away with not paying child support and they're still considered good fathers or, oh, I can't pay child support, which is bull. Because exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, there might be a few here and there, but for the most part, it's that men won't pay child support, not that they can't. And it really needs to be reclassified criminally, I believe, as, t- as child, child abuse. abuse. Yeah. I think that there need to be harsher, harsher penalties on the men who father children and do not take care of them. I think that they should be imprisoned and they should have to pay fines. Well, and that's the thing is a lot of people don't really understand how child support is calculated because it's based on both people's income and the, the percentage that they have the children. So you can't really say that men can't meet their child support because right. they've gone through this whole process that takes their income, how much they have the children, and then determines what they should pay, which is still oftentimes very low in terms of like what it actually costs to raise a child. Right. And if can't make your payments, you can go back and modify. So, you know, to me, it's ridiculous to talk about, you know, it almost always when I post something about this, people say, oh, what about the poor guys that can't do it and blah, blah, blah. No, I mean, there's really not that many stories like that. And it totally derails the whole conversation when you bring up that one random person exactly. that you know five years ago or whatever. Not all you, men. Yeah. You probably did not know, you know, he's probably giving you his own version of the story because, yeah. you know, I know a lot of single mothers and, I, you know, I'm in this group that's over 200 women and and very few of us get child support, if you know, and if those that do, it's very small. Um, and there's so many women that are so, uh, they're owed so much in back child support. In the United States, it's like $108 billion in unpaid child support. I think it's four, uh, four billion uh, pounds in the UK. So, I mean, that, that's not a small problem. That's really big numbers that affect a lot of women and children. Yeah. Okay. So we need to reframe it as a human rights issue for women and children. And yeah. the men who do this need to be understood as abusers because that's what it is. I agree 100%. Yeah, and, it, and it, you know, I think there's been enough stigma on single mothers. I think that men that are doing this should be named and shamed, actually. Yep, uh, I agree. If, if there's stigma, it should be on the men that are doing this because... It's violence. It's a vi- yeah. <laughs> it's, it's violent... Violence against women and children, and it is against children. It's child abuse. Yeah, because, you know, it's very exhausting as a single mom to say, I have to say this almost every day. We can't afford that. No, we can't. We can't do that. We don't have enough money. Right. And they know, you know, their dad has plenty and, you know, always wearing Gucci loafers and nice clothes and nice car, nice home. And, you know, the kids yeah. see right that and 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 it makes them angry to be perfectly honest it's, yeah. it's not fair no. so it's not stupid and when especially as they get older when they're younger they don't know I mean they just love everybody but as they get older and they see you know that's what I have always said is like kids don't need a parent to tell them one is bad or one is good they see for themselves with their own eyes who's calling names who's abusive who's withholding money who's you know not being nice they don't need anyone to tell them that they can see it with their own eyes every day that that's their life that they've lived yeah. so it's all insulting when you know this idea of like parental alienation no i think in most cases it did get fed up also just like we do as women like okay i've had enough you know i don't like the way you're treating me it doesn't feel good yeah absolutely all right well okay so single mothers speak on patriarchy the new book anthology edited by you and mm-hmm. Pat is it Pat Pat Daly yeah my mom um co-edited this with me and 
she does the heavy editing, actually. I usually do more of the compilation, but she uh, has been a professional resume writer for over 25 years and is great with editing and kind of knows the ins and outs of how everything should be. So she does all the fine tuning and all that, So, which is great because I'm kind of more of a big picture person and the little details drive me absolutely nuts. So um, it's always fun to work with her. She's, uh, she's great and she helped me, you know, I have kind of an acknowledgement uh, to her at the end of the book because she's helped me so much with my kids and um, before we came to Norway we actually all lived together so awesome. uh, that was a huge help in every way imaginable so cool and then the other book the follow-up book which I think is going to be excellent as well that people can also look out for yes yeah, even uh, I need to put my to-do list is so long I need to get that up on my website because we just now we have uh, Lizzie Yi did the cover art which is awesome she, she has that um, really cool radical feminist coloring book anyway she does really cool I don't know how to explain these. These coloring sheets with radical feminist quotes like Andrea Dorkin and Mary Daly and and all different things and these cool black and whites that you can color in. So cool. uh, She's on the cover art and we just put together a really neat looking cover. I just need to get it up on my website. Okay. It should be up there maybe next week. And then if people are interested in checking out or buying the Single Mother Speak on Patriarchy book, they can pre-order it if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a link up on my website, which is thegirlgod.com, and then it will be up the first week of December. It will be up on Amazon. Um, it'll be offered uh, as a Kindle book also, So, and I think it'll be... Uh, yeah, the Kindle should be like four ninety nine, so that's also another low cool. cost. Option. Okay, well, let's hope it's a game changer because we need change. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, <laughs> and you're doing great work with your blog and, and site and everything. So thank you for that. I've enjoyed everything that I've seen you post on it. Thank so. you. Thanks. That's awesome. Thank you. That's good to hear because I don't get a lot of feedback on it. <laughs> so. Well, it's always, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat sometimes. Like, I just wonder, okay, what am I doing? Is anything count? <laughs> like, yeah. Is noticing or am I just, like, kind of in my own little treadmill Bubble. here? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's great. And I was happy to see that you have a site that's just on that because I hadn't seen that before. And then I think you had commented on another blog post or something. So I was like, oh, awesome. There's already a blog on this. So yeah, great that we were able to connect. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, I will um, let you go here. Thanks for um, interviewing 